0: Welcome to Pedal Down Park. Uh, welcome to the home of Town FC. Um, welcome back to Just One Man Podcast. Uh, we are very, very privileged uh, this evening to be joined. Um, by these three gentlemen here, who are also sat here. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Matthew Harris, Will Fuller, and Liam Angel with us. Um, who are all players for Midtown FC, uh, the Mighty Martyrs. And, uh, and they've decided to come on and, and have a chat about about some bits and bobs with us. Just before we kick off, um, just like to give a thank you to, uh, to our sponsors uh, for this episode, which is for tom and the PT Room. Uh, Fort Tom is a suicide prevention and postvention charity that offers free counselling for those struggling with suicidal thoughts, as well as free counselling and support groups for those who have been bereaved by suicide. Uh, likewise, the PT Room is a small per, uh, small group personal training facility uh, that's located up on the Pant Industrial Estate here in Murf Tidville. Uh, the focus is on getting the best out of each member, both physically and mentally, in a supporting environment. Both of our sponsors, we're very, very grateful uh, for you giving your support to us, and you can find out more about them via their social media channels, which will pop in the episode notes. So, lads, welcome.
1: Thanks
0: for having us, Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for waiting for Jordan, the tech king. I was going to say, I you were going to say Josh then, because he was late. No, Josh was late. Josh is always late. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, where do we start, I suppose? As um, free males in a very male-dominated sport, for the most part, even though there has been huge, huge strides forward in the women's game, what is the... The perception of mental health within not only, I suppose, football, um, but but your but your changing room, but your locker room, Matthew. <laughs> not to drop <laughs> uh, it on you, sh- 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 uh, ben.
1: go on,
2: um, go on. Obviously, I've been here 17, 18 years, so I've been in the dressing room environment for quite a while, and it's improved dramatically in that time is the easiest way to put it, in the sense of, you know, I'm going to touch on our dressing room, which I feel privileged to be a part of, because I'm sort of coming to the end of my playing days, but it's probably the best dressing room I've been in, in terms of the personality, despite them being, let's be fair, so young, other than Will, who is chasing me down, the rest are all mid-twenties or below. So it's a very young dressing, very energetic and... Youthful dressing room, the music choice is shocking, (laughs) but other than that, it's a good dressing room. But it's it's a weird one because, I don't know if it's a bloke thing or if it's a sport thing, it's a very safe environment, and no matter what goes on outside of the dressing room, you can park it and come into that dressing room and know you'll be fine. Um, Well, that's how I feel anyway, I want to speak for myself. behind
3: the closed door.
2: Yeah, and it's a safe place. And look, that's created by the boys that are in the dress room. Also, do you know what I mean? Because I've, you know, they have been in the past some difficult characters, or you know. But speaking on this dress room in particular, and the staff even as well, you walk through those front doors downstairs, and it's it's a safe place. You know, go through stuff on a personal level, you can approach a teammate, you can approach a member of staff, and you always feel that you're gonna you're gonna be cured. Now, is it looking back, was I too scared, too young to even bring up anything that I was going through? There's yeah, an element yeah. of that. Yeah. There's an element of the old cliche of that stigma attached to showing a sign of weakness. Yeah. Maybe. But there's been a lot of exposure recently, especially on the mental health, you know, with open interviews with like your Delhi alleys and difficulties that these professional players that are, you know, this be fair on a you know, much well-known names than us three. But it's only a good thing. And I can only speak, like I said, for the dressing room that we're in. And oddly, I've never actually openly come to the table. But I generally do feel that even, like, in a situation like this, I feel I'm more than comfortable because I know it would be
1: received well within that dressing room, you know. It's like... When you uh, so like when you've you've played a, a match then half-time comes it's not going your way and then you normally you the commentator say oh they're gonna go into that dressing room now and say they're gonna have a bollocking, in or this that or is there, it's gonna be a stern talking to it and stuff like that from the manager's perspective um, that's all fine that's all to do with that put that particular game that particular moment but it's the walking into the changing rooms before the match started and leaving it's kind of like do you still go on about the game then or do you do you kind of once that game is over or before it started, do you kind of continue doing that kind of conversation then or
2: i'm probably the wrong person to ask, or maybe the right person to ask. I've always been very, very good at parking my football up and separating it from what I call real life. You oh, know, is right. in whether we win or lose, I'm neither like too ecstatic and I'm bouncing around the house when I get home Yeah, Look, my wife, she supports me and loves and adores what I do and she'll support me today. she doesn't actually care about football <laughs> yeah, she yeah. don't care, yeah, not, she don't care which yeah. I love, because yeah. I used last night, we lost to Chesham getting at early hours in the morning she doesn't even know how we've even got on, she didn't even ask <laughs> but as long as I'm home safe and yeah, I wake up and but and I'm myself, fine yeah losing away at and really doesn't matter no, you know no. and um, so I've been always been quite good the manager says this thing after a game the boys will say they thing you have a shower always respectful of reading the room and you don't want to be laughing and joking if yeah. the result isn't there yeah. but I'm very good at once that's done you're done then it's yeah, time to yeah. move on you've got to yeah. go home and go to work some boys in the evening you've got to go and play husband play dad yeah. you got to go into the bar and be amongst the boys and the fans so like I'm one of them I don't know I can't speak on behalf of the boys or other players but I know some boys do carry yeah. negative results in it more than anything yeah. with them like you know
4: it's important to like take your emotion out of it when you're reflecting on a game yeah so you have that safe environment which is the changing room yeah. and whatever gets said in there at half time or after a game kind of gets parked there yeah and then you go back to the game on a Tuesday night and you review it we review with your emotions out of it. Okay. So you're kind of like reviewing it from a performance point of view yeah. as opposed to, yeah. I had an argument with him, I had a bust-up with him, I didn't agree with what he said. Yeah. It's sort of parked in that regard. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think just touching on like your support network as well, outside of that, and being able to change up from football to normal life per mm-hmm. se,
3: yeah.
4: having people like girlfriends, wives, whoever, friends outside of football, yeah. who understand the football does take up a lot of your time. Yeah because My missus knows you're you going right off a Saturday. Huh. I'm you know, if I'm away, is you're, you're out yeah, at yeah. eight, you're back home at 11 o'clock or wherever. Later. Or if I'm not, I, I work some weekends, so I'm, I'm <laughs> six till six. So Saturdays are a right off, mm, unless yeah. it's the summer so it's break. Hot, on all work, is still yeah, right right, yeah, it's a right off. So yeah. that is important, and you touched on that there. But it is important to have that safe space in the dressing room and know that whatever gets said in there yeah, yeah. stays in there, and you don't get murmurs outside the dressing room. Then I've heard. So and so and so 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 aren't getting on. The manager oh, isn't guess. agreeing with him yeah, or whatever because it yeah. kind of you go down a dark hole, then I think, like, and you can sort of like get it led away from you. Yeah. So yeah. it is important to just feel like you can express yourself within the change room and it just be parked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When you say about that, and, I, and I'm going to come to you, Will, because of your position, because. As someone who doesn't play, I know I, everyone knows I don't play, by the way. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, watch out, maf. I'm coming from your spot. <laughs> you're coming in, sir. I'm coming. It's oh, taking me a while. Me um, but I think when you're a goalkeeper, is, is it is it slightly different? Because, yes, there's a loss, but then I think sometimes, and maybe unfairly, you you have that extra element of 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 pressure because of your role or because of your position. Is it is it much the same for you where where you're able just to say well we lost
5: that was that or is it the case that it maybe takes a little longer? I think it is, and I, I can only speak having been a goalkeeper since I was seven. Yeah. You know I mean? so I've never sat the other side and and had the outfield experience. But I, for me, it's it's an individual role within a team, and that carries its own pressures. I think what's been in really important for me throughout my career is having the support away from football that we've touched on, but also within the dressing room from another goalkeeper or a goalkeeper coach. I'm really lucky to have that here. Yeah. Now I've, I've been, I've had spells at clubs where it hasn't felt like there's anyone else to be a sounding board. And you talked about the reflection on performance piece. You're, you're trying to do that yourself and tackle that yourself, whilst knowing you're the only person that's looking at it. And it doesn't matter what you say because others will hold a different opinion. Yeah. And I think, I you know, picking up on what you said about. <laughs> separating the, the life and the football bit that doesn't mean that we're not fully focused on that you know Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday yeah. and the time
3: it's still in your head, but it's in the back of your head it's just yeah. not fully focused on until you actually awesome.
5: get there I think it for me it helps and I, I, I wasn't always like that you know I did carry the emotion of games and particularly mistakes given the given the position yeah out, out into out into the rest of my evening on a Saturday sometimes into the Sunday and sometimes even longer than that yeah, did like sometimes um you sort of
3: like blame yourself a couple of days after. It's yeah. still my fault. But in the change room, you say, "Yes, yeah, all right, I understand." But yeah. and just say your piece in a change room, but still take it away from the change room with you just for a couple of days. To
5: yeah, and I'll be the first to hold my hands up when I do make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. But I'd still carry that into, like I say, the rest of my week, and it would affect yeah. not just the rest of my time, but those around me. And yeah. you know, as I've got older, I've learned that that's not healthy. Yeah. You know I don't want to be impacting no. my wife and friends and family and others with my mood based on 90 minutes of my week. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that 90 minutes and, and there's a lot that goes into being as shit as we are sometimes or as good as we are as yeah, pretty yeah. much everybody on the terrace will remind you but I don't want to let that affect yeah. the rest of my time and I think some of that comes with age and I think we've got a role as, as older players within the dressing yeah. room to try and help some of the younger lads understand that that this is not you know, as much as we all dreamt of being a Premier League footballer Sometime. Yeah, for, for whatever reason, we're not. Yeah, yeah. And it can't be everything that you are. You can't attach your entire identity to the piece of that, that Saturday, you know? Mm. I think people, you know, and
2: I've been here long, and look, I absolutely adore the fan base. It's an incredible fan base. Like, I still find it mad how, like, I'm a sort of Liverpool fan. You know, I see football as like Champions League nights, uh, yeah. FA Cup finals. I find it incredible how you get 700, 800, a thousand people through the gate here in Merthyr and you ask them and 80% of them will say Merthyr is the team that they support. Yeah. Yeah. They won't yeah. f- watch Soccer Sunday or Super Sundays with no. the, yeah, the big yeah. boys so we are in their eyes it sounds mad but they'll we are the Gerrards yeah. on the yeah. Yeah. the Harry Canes and the Cristiano Ronaldo's because they don't watch we are them and wow. we know people on a personal yeah. level involved in the club and the who, their week and their mood is dictated by our result yeah. on a Saturday we, afternoon. Yeah. Now we don't want to be sat here going, "Oh, it doesn't matter to us." It really does, and we we understand and respect that pressure, and we I'd like to think we embrace it, and we try our best. But people often lose touch as well, and this isn't a snipe at the supporters, but people often lose sight like, uh, that lose sight that we are just normal blokes, Good
1: job, and
2: we're know. more normal than. Yeah you're Cristiano Ronaldo, we have mm. to get up to go to work in the morning. Yeah. Believe me, we're having pasta and rice on our lunch breaks because yeah. we've got to get on a bus at 11 o'clock, at 2 o'clock yesterday, to yeah. get all the way up to Cheshire. And By the time we got to the ground, I'd been up for 12 hours because my little and had me up at 6 in the morning. Yeah. And then maybe we don't perform, or I personally don't perform on the levels that I can. Yeah. Fancy that and go, oh, get here, it's all that. And yeah. I'm going, oh, cut us some slack, boys. Yeah. Just, quite hard. This, this, like you know, and it's such a commitment. It is a big commitment. Mm -hmm. And we all, in fact, I not that I ever was a professional footballer, but I reckon this sounds a lot easier for them boys that get pampered and the whole being and life revolves around a result on a Saturday afternoon, which comes with its own
4: pressure. It's a different life, isn't it? Completely. Mm
2: -hmm. But I can't imagine them. Would you? Would
3: like obviously? um, I suppose you lot do it out of the enjoyment of it as well as. You just obviously with the amount of commitment you put in for work and playing football, the time you give to it, I think that's quite a lot to give up. Well, even um, little
2: things that just passed, I, I know you ask all my family. Christmas Day is written off. I will have Christmas dinner. Yeah, I'll enjoy it, but there's not an ounce of booze that goes on with myself. Everyone's partying the night away in their house parties on a Christmas night, and I love Christmas more than anyone. New Year's Eve, as well. New Year's Eve all these like big holiday holidays. That, People get to enjoy with their families. We enjoy, don't get me wrong, but it's very disciplined, yeah. and we may train the day before Christmas Eve. There's a lot of unseen things yeah. at our level like behind the scenes. Is we really do have to apply to ourselves properly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that old adage, isn't it, that you can have fun, you just can't have too much fun, <laughs> um, or you have fun, but you have fun after, at the yeah, right
4: times, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, which is you know, which
5: is it is it is an ask. It yeah. is it is difficult. It is a privilege as well, though. Like yeah we're, definitely we're, we're, yeah, some yeah. of the experiences that i've shared here at this club and at other clubs not many people get no and when right. we when we you know when we sit around a table in 30 40 50 years time and we look back yeah it, it will have been a privilege to have had to make those sacrifices yeah, and, and, yeah. If, and if we didn't enjoy it we wouldn't do it yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean and you know there's, there's moments i look back on already on since since coming to the club and anything that's incredible like there's such a small percentage of the population get to feel what we feel. Yeah, yeah. you walk around sometimes after a, a good win at home, and there's, yeah, there's smiling faces and they're clapping. Yeah. It's a buzz, yeah, and it's brilliant. No, it's is and it makes that sacrifice worth worth it. But it's it's also not just our sacrifice because you're talking about Christmas Day and you're talking about New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, sorry. People can to other, watch, yeah, yeah. Well, but also the people around us are families yeah, make yeah. sacrifices because I'm not as fun to be around on Christmas Day no. and I'm a boring bloke on New Year's Eve because we've got hunger for the way on, on the first <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean so it's, it's a shared sacrifice for a few really really meaningful moments yeah but it is an absolute privilege at the same time I
4: think, like a, I think you use it as an out as well like yeah. football is definitely an out Um, yeah. and I think I, I can change myself like when people around me notice it when you know you're not playing or you're injured or even little things like i haven't been to the gym or i haven't gone out and whatever to walk the dogs yeah. you know your people around you saying you're getting a bit ratty go to the gym you know or whatever it might be you yeah, know yeah. um and i've been lucky enough really and i think like exactly what you've said it's a great change room year now um and you hear some absolute horror stories from like years gone by and whatever but i think i've always been lucky to be involved in good dressing rooms yeah. and have people they say like there's no friends in football. Mm. But I think I can sit here and honestly say there's people I've met through the sport that will be at my wedding day. Mm. Yeah. And that is like just I, I can't speak highly enough of like the people I've played with and been involved with. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah it's amazing really I like the feeling.
3: Do you feel like the younger boys sort of look up to you a little bit more? I
2: probably can't answer that. I don't
4: know. Real question um, for me, is um, it? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> answer <laughs> it <all Yeah>. <laughs> No i joking. The, no, the, the answer's yes. The answer's yes. Yeah. What he's achieved is phenomenal like and i think now no it, no it, sorry it, is sorry. That just it <laughs> and you know it, it is to to play at this level for so long and to parole the mileage that you have done to like come back from setbacks as well with your injuries and whatever so else keep and keep going and keep dragging along and to do it in one place because let's be real mate you've you've had offers that you could have gone and got more money elsewhere and you could have gone and got you know X, Y, Z. No, but on a, on a, on a real, you know, to play at this level, for the duration that you have and the longevity of it, and to the level that you're still playing now, I remember we had a conversation last year and you were kind of like, Angel, how do I look? Do I look all right? And I was like, mate, honestly, you look like unreal. Like, you're playing so well. You look fit. You look good. And you're like, you'll always be honest with you and you tell me if I look shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I would, to be fair, because I'd expect the same back. Yeah. Um, but know it's phenomenal and I think I can only aspire really to yeah. play at the level for as long as you've done here and I suppose it takes so much commitment outside of football as well, like you know yeah. mm-hmm. as we spoke about prior, like you know, your family and your misses and everyone else, your friends, you're missing parties, you miss birthdays, whatever it is, but it's yeah. it's unthinkable, I think. Four hundred games like at, at this level is crazy.
0: Well, i i i didn't i didn't um, i didn't expect it to to
5: become the Marfai's Appreciation yeah. Podcast. So, I, I told I, you that earlier sure, on. I sure wanted to say something. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> I genuinely. I mean, that, without making this an absolute loving, for, because <laughs> I didn't think our
0: first tears on the podcast. <laughs>
5: because I, you know, and I mean this with the utmost respect. I can apply this to several several blokes I've come across in the game. For me, take away the performance on the pitch and the amount of games and that it's about the way people hold themselves that's what gains yeah. my respect and and that yeah. can apply from you know a 19 year old who's just entered <clears> but does all the right things and you know wants to learn all the way up to a 59 year old who's still going <laughs> and, you know like i say there's been there's been plenty of different clubs that i uh, apply that to but for <coughs> me it's more about how you handle yourself and yeah. the way that you, you interact with the lads not just in a physical sense but even in the group and things like that so
3: the father figure.
5: yeah yeah and i'm glad there is someone still here older than me <laughs> right, now what
2: do you think of these two? Amazing. Just good, good, solid <laughs> blokes. No, I, I've i been one always and I, I've been quite consistent with this for a long time. My grandfather was my hero growing up and never got to see him play football but apparently he was quite good at football. Never ever saw it, so he, he could have been, he couldn't. But the one thing that I always thought was the best thing about my grandfather was that no one ever had a bad word to say about him whether you whatever walk of life you met my grandfather and his funeral was like there was mad the amount of people that were there and i always worship my grandfather in the way that as we'll touch on he conducted himself he was just this lovely lovely bloke and now that i've got isabel and my little one i just forget the football. and you know we talked off camera about a tag that comes with you like Matt the footballer or Angel the footballer, Will the footballer. I just want to, in 30 years' time, if Isabel's walking around the town and someone goes, oh, what's uh, Isabel Harris or what's your dad or is he the footballer? And I don't care about that. It's, no, your old man's a lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That means way more than, to me than ever playing 400 games of football, playing in the Premier League, playing whatever it was. That means, so I do pride myself on and that comes from my grandfather just just carry yourself properly just yeah. say your please and your thank yous yeah, yeah, yeah. just when someone wants to speak to you give them that time of the day yeah. and i don't know i like to think i'm week? fairly consistent with it and that that comes from my grandfather and that's a massive trait from my grandfather that i got was he was the nicest bloke you'd ever meet yeah. now i'm not saying i can ever be that but to you people say that i'm a good guy yeah. Means way more to me than someone saying he was a cracking footballer. Mm. Yeah. That that's what means more to me. Like yeah. you know, yeah.
0: And you know, and and uh, obviously, I you know, we've been friends for over twenty years. Yeah. I was privileged to have known die. Yeah, hands like shovels mm-hmm. and a heart just as big. Um, yeah, but it, it's that's the other side of it, I suppose. Is you talk about. Being professional and having to have a game face on, and um, you know this kind of level, this kind of performance level that you've always got to kind of be, be ready to be hitting, whilst all this personal stuff is going on in the background. Um, and I think you you know where I'm going with this. Obviously, um, last year you lost your dad, um, and I know that was it was huge it was a huge huge thing for you but yet you still continued to be matthew the footballer at the same time but how do you how how do you how do you do that how, how how do you how do you manage grief like that
2: um i don't really know i mean i i take comfort that the football was me and my father's thing so, to paint the picture, we played Hayes the last game of the season last year. And my dad, the family was called in on the Friday, so the night before the game. Um, my older brother had come down from the Midlands and we'd gone to the hospital and he was unconscious and he was in a bad way and we knew he there was no return. And I made a choice that night that I was not going to go back to see my dad. I did it with my grandfather and i seen him deteriorate to a point where I was like, that's not my grandfather on the bed. Yeah, yeah and it was yeah. the worst thing i ever done. Yeah. Oddly, I'm glad i seen him, but it was like that picture of him on the bed is what still, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, even,
1: though, even though you've known him all your yeah, life, that's not that last.
2: I felt awful leaving the hospital, and I said to my brother, I said, I don't think I want to come back. And I thought I was going to get pelted, and look, my stepmother and my older brother was just like, no, you've got to do you now. These are moments where you've got to handle it in the way that you want to handle it. So I made the decision not to go back but we had a game the next day and um, look the phone call could have gone when I was playing mm. and Paul rang me and he knew what was going on Paul obviously being the manager and he said look you, what what do you want to do and I sort of knew that football was my dad my dad wouldn't have it any other way of me sat in that house moping mm. yeah. around him. It, it was literally it was not an option for me it was not dad would want me to play so I played Knowing that, you know, wherever he might be, at the, he was gone at that point in my head, and he was. That's what he wanted me to do, so I felt obliged to do yeah. that. Played the game. The game lasted, and what was mad is, I ended up in the vulcan that night, which is which is bonkers, right?
3: Who doesn't want to end up in the yeah. vulcan, eh? I ended up in the
2: vulcan with my brother. It was it was it was actually an amazing night because we were just together as yeah, yeah. as brothers and it was an amazing night Then woke up on the sunday and then the news came on the sunday that he passed away um but in terms of dealing with it i don't know <coughs> it, it's still oddly here we are now nine ten months on and it still doesn't feel real um i'm still incredibly bitter which i can it's an odd one to describe because I feel he was taken too soon and I'm still playing and obviously Dad... I came back this year purely on the reason that my Dad said get the 400 games, don't stop now, you're capable of it, don't stop. I was going to knock for on the head last year. Not because Dad was ill but just emotionally, physically didn't yeah. feel like I could go again. Whether that him passing just gave me that fire in the belly to come back and give it a right good go for that reason... I'm devastated he isn't around mm. for to see me hit the milestone. absolutely yeah. get did, But I'm sure wherever he is, he's yeah. slagging me off to my <laughs> face. But some, <laughs> somewhere, you know, he's telling someone that he's chuffed to bits. Um, but yeah, it's a weird one. Because it's a special year, oddly. Because I sort of, obviously, Adam left the club. Um, and I was made captain So he never got to see that. So I know all these little things would have meant the world to, to Dad. Mm. So it's a bit of bittersweet, sweet really. Um, but I'm incredibly bitter because, you know, Dad was early 60s. And I was really looking forward to retiring and then going to watch games with Dad yeah, and having yeah, that yeah. son-Dad yeah, experience that Just we can hammer other people from the terraces that in a way yeah. that you would have hammered. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. having that and, look, Dad's... You know, he, he, he had his battle and he, he he ultimately got the better of him in the end. He, he was cancer and it's devastating and i I'm still not over it now, if truth so. be told. I still have moments and, you know, in terms of what I deal with it, I've got an incredibly supportive family and um, that have also experienced devastating loss. Mm. Um, and they've been incredible. But I'm very much... Not one man bam, but I'm quite self sufficient in the sense of Mark obviously knows me incredibly well. I'm I'm alright on my own.
3: Yeah like that, the company.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I spend a lot of time on my own in yeah. the in the nature of the work that I am. I spend a lot of time on the road yeah. on my own.
3: Yeah.
2: Now some people may not like that. I actually love that hour or two hour drive of yeah. chucking a podcast on, playing Celine Dion or playing some dodgy music in the car. <laughs> that I love all that yeah and look I still I'll openly admit I still bowl my eyes out it could be something that sets me off and I'll One just I'd can- have a ball in driving in the car for 20 minutes and I'll park up outside the house for five minutes and just relax compose myself and I'm like yeah I'm alright." and I still have these moments on warbles now Um, you know even after I had the presentation last week with yeah. the frames was absolutely brilliant all day, got home, don't get me wrong, I was a little bit tipsy, but I've got home and I've just had an absolute ball up in, in the bathroom, because it's like, I just wish I could just text yeah. him at least, you know what
1: yeah. I mean? And, and saying that it's like, I'm guessing, so obviously you you and your father were like, obviously football, football, football. Yeah. Um. I bet when you played away games and stuff and then you couldn't come <coughs> to them, you had your kind of rituals then of like, get in the car or get on the bus, just before you get on the bus, give him a call, say how he was. Yeah. A text, it? text. it was a,
2: it was religiously had to be a text oh, okay. and then he'd call yeah. and well. it would often be oh, dad the bus is bouncing or the bus is thing I'll ring you when I get off the other end and then I wouldn't ring or we wouldn't ring and then we'd catch up the next day that was literally <laughs> how it was every Saturday look my mother and father split up years ago um, and was mine and my father's relationship always perfect no <laughs> But it was a consistent relationship in the sense of sport would always be that. Even though I thought he was a dickhead at times, you'd be that constant feeling. He'd know. I let dad know how I've got on today, and then that would always be. He would know how you doing, dad, or how's your illness, dad. Mm. It was always. Oh, we lost three nil today. Well, that's not good. But it was always that, and um, that was me and my father. And I'm gonna miss it for the rest of my life. That constant interaction and that like you said yeah. and look i never lead on about like my play and stuff and stuff i like to think i'm fairly humble but i'm incredibly proud to be captain and hit the 400 yeah. and i don't tell people that there's something i would have told my father said dad i'm right. chuffed to bits yeah i didn't openly show emotion to my father but I ran a London Marathon two years ago. Massive thing on my bucket list. Got onto the mall. First person I think to ring is my father. So I've got photos of me running down the mall on the phone to my dad. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Just sharing a milestone and sharing an achievement is something that yeah. you want to show off to your dad. I don't know. And
0: look, well, he was with you when you crossed the line, technically. He, he was, was on the phone with yeah. you. He was, yeah. He was on the phone yeah, with you. Yeah, him. he was.
2: But in terms of am I coping... Like yeah, I'm coping, I'm fine in myself, I am I know I'm okay, but I still have big wobbles, mm. and you know, I'm pretty good at having a bit of context to it, it's still fresh, it's still raw, Yeah, it'll probably always still be raw, yeah. um, it's your dad at the end of the day, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I have crap days, I have crap, not days, I'd say I have an hour, yeah something might trigger it. Um, But I'm quite good at just going on a drive or getting my head speed. I'm better on my... I And I, I'll let the boys be, because I don't want us to be all be about me, obviously, but it's perhaps I'm saying this, perhaps other people relate. I put pressure on myself, as in, like, when I have a crap day or a crap hour, I'll sort myself out, because when I walk through the front door of the house, I, in <coughs> my... Head want to be the best husband, the best dad, the best brother, the best teammate, and I also know that those are going through stuff as well. Mm. And I feel like I don't want to come through that door and go, "Oh, by the way, get on this bump," and then just spill my heart out and just have it because I just think, well, no, they got their stuff going on. So I don't know if that's I don't know if I'm thinking, no, no, I need to be a dad and the Better husband, and I'd be there listening to Kirsty all day with her problems. And she'll tell me, she shouts to me, No, you need to talk to me as well, mm-hmm. Matt. But uh, no, it's fine because I'll deal with my stuff in the car on my own. Have a little reboot in the car, yeah, right? and press the reset and breathe, count yeah. to ten, and then boom, I'll well, go in. Well, and I'm Matthew, the dad and husband. It's different
3: than me, so that might work for you, but then it might not work for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is great, really. That you can, you know, when you need to have a reset, jump in a car, off you go, and. Mm-hmm. It's done. Is that something that you two can relate
0: to at all, that k- kind of having to take yourself out of a situation, whether it's, it's how you feel or if you've had, had loss or grief or anything like that, and, and, and you know, I, I'll deal with it on my own first and then I'll worry about everything else.
4: I can't really speak from a grief point of view because I have really lost anyone. Um, my one set of grandparents passed away before I was born, the other is still alive and awesome as ever, <laughs> crack me up all the time um, but I have a similar relationship with my father where my mum and dad also split up um, and I speak to my father about football all the time and that's our thing Like, mm, yeah. um, but I do think it is important, like you just touched on there, about having like an out so yeah. yours might be in the car with a podcast mine's going down the beach and having a walk with my dog's going to the gym, having a blast, coming to football, whatever it might be. Um, And I think you're very lucky as well, as am I, uh, to just enjoy my own company. Because I think people do rely on others and being in other people's company a lot in our days or being on the phone to someone constantly or like it's okay to be just at one with your own thoughts kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I haven't got no grief as I said, but
5: yeah. I think that's something on probably trying to work on a little bit in truth is is speaking more openly particularly with with Alice my wife you know we she's she's amazing she's doing a counseling course and um, you know, looking into all the science behind the neuroscience and she comes home sometimes and talks about things like the vagal nerve connecting your gut to your brain and I'm <laughs> sat there but I'm learning all this amazing stuff to the point where I'm thinking actually yeah I probably do need to talk a little bit more I mean I'm, I'm very similar to you and and I think potentially some of that is around uh, you know I left home at 15 to carry on trying to chase the football dream so I had to be pretty self-sufficient from just before my 16th birthday so I I think I've always been the same I deal with things myself and I look after myself and that can be a little bit selfish at times but I think that's how I've sort of I internalize problems and deal with them either in my own head or in my own space both physically and metaphorically but I do think we talk about this. Um, I think there's probably real value for me in finding time to talk really openly and honestly about how things have affected me emotionally mm. with Alice. I mean, I lost my my grandfather was the first and I recently lost my, my nan on the other side. I lost him on the morning of the Salisbury game last year. Mm. And sim- similar, you know, I, I knew full well that there was no way he would have wanted me not to play that game. Not yet. And I don't actually think I spoke about it. Even in the aftermath of the game. I don't actually think I, I let on that it even happened. And it was a weird one because you know, I'd had the phone call and he was 95, an amazing bloke. Always had this twinkle in his eye and he was just a, a brilliant human. You cool. know. But I had the phone call at six that morning and he was finally at peace because he, he was having his own battles. And then I knew, you know, I was thinking about the day ahead. Do I go into work? Yes, because actually I probably want to busy myself and, and stay in what I'm doing. And then do I want to play the game? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way you would not have wanted me to play that game. No. And it was one of the strangest, most calm performances I think I've put in all for the club. And the only thing that ruined it was a crap handball decision. we didn't <laughs> we didn't get a clean sheet to, to sort of honour his memory in a sad in, in a in a weird kind of way. But I, I think I I'm exactly the same. I, I internalise a lot of things and whether it's in the moment and or whether I sort of I know the phrase bottle it up comes with some negative connotations, but actually I think for me it's about sectioning it off a little bit from what I'm doing in the here and now because there's you know, I've got to go to work and I've got to play that game I think what I then do is uh, at the time that is right for me and it might just be happening like say as we're behind the wheel traveling to or from training or a piece of music comes on that reminds me of him or you know even just something happens and I usually find it something something stupid like I'd, I would <coughs> love to t- told him about you know, Alice's new job or mm. particularly the wedding obviously and usually it's about other people telling him other thing, things that other think, people have yeah. done. That's when it hits me, and that's when I, I sort of like deal with it. I think, but yeah. for me, I, I think yeah, I, I sort of, I'll call it bottle it up. But I think actually in quite a healthy way, so that I can deal with it when I'm when I'm ready. But I do think there's work for me to do in terms of really talking openly about my emotions with others.
0: It's interesting that you say that. We we had a question from our last guest, uh, Ellie Johnson um of of forever friends pont de um and she asked um whether whether you feel as though you can talk to one another um or if it's the case that you feel like it is a struggle opening up, and I suppose the question originally may have been answered somewhat earlier when you said about kind of the dressing room um being able to, you know, you know, there's always like a hand on the shoulder, you know, if you need me, I'm your type thing. But I think that's interesting that you say that you you feel you need to work on opening up. What is it, do you think, maybe to kind of hijack Ellie's question somewhat and slightly change it? What do you think is the, the struggle with, with opening up? What do you think is kind
5: of what's holding you back, maybe? I'm quite an emotional bloke, anyway, so I'm I'm not by any means saying I'm, I'm a closed book and I don't talk about these things. I just think, I think there's layers to unpicking certain things or talking really openly and honestly about something how it's affecting you. And I think you know we've got a dressing room that I think I could go in and uh, it's weird, isn't it? A bunch of blokes, but I sometimes find the shower the most comforting time to talk to talk to each other in a strange kind of way, you know. Um, and we have the chats then, but. I think there's layers to it, and I'd, and I'd be really comfortable drilling pretty deep. <laughs> I think there's additional layers then that you, you probably only chat to to really, really trusted loved ones. Mm-hmm. Do you mean, know, about how it's, how, it's, how you're feeling about certain things and how things are affecting you. But I'd like to think, as we sort of said at the start, that we've created a dressing room atmosphere where if someone wanted to come in and really sit down and, and talk yeah. about things, they absolutely could. Yeah. I think that comes over time, building trust with people, be it building. Know, like rapport and relationships and getting to know people on a personal level, and we've got you know, loads of opportunities to do that. The amount of bus journeys that we have together, and the time that we we spend together during a week. But yeah, I, I I don't I think things like this have an opportunity to just talk really frankly and honestly. You know, you've you've spoken really candidly about your relationship with your old man tonight, and we've we've touched on that on different away trips and things. But I've heard it in you know probably another layer of depth tonight. So creating Creating space for it and time for it. We we talked a little bit on the drive home last night about how busy we all are, mm. yeah. and how actually, how often do we, particularly as blokes, but actually at all, as a society, stop? Yeah. When do we really stop to think? We really stop yeah. to like consider what's happening in our lives on a, on a sort of a without getting all deep and spiritual on a, on a deep level. Do you know I mean when when do we pause? And it's usually holidays and things yeah. like that, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. key key milestone moments. So talking about keeping busy and kind of going back
0: to obviously you 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 mentioned because you've 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 done the London Marathon you've ticked that off the bucket list um you've decided to be a bit crazy and and run an obscene obscene distance for this year's London
5: Marathon and you're doing it for Big Moose I believe yeah an incredible mental health charity who who do like genuinely life-saving work um Cardiff based run by a, a father and daughter and they they can evidence that they prove lives. And that's kind of why I've chosen to use them as the vehicle for the fundraising challenge. And the marathon was never on my radar. I, I applied, I think, on the last day of the ballot because it popped up on my Twitter. Um, and I've tried to avoid as much running as possible over the length of my career by playing in gold, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that was a conscious decision when I was young. So, yeah, that's, it, um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying the training.
3: Yeah. and I, I never done it well i never i never liked running i hated it as a younger it's like no no running no running and it was like right i'm doing a tough man i better start running and then you just get the bug for it and
5: yeah i mean time will tell whether i get the bug for it but i'm enjoying it at the minute and and there's a you know the motivating factor for me is this fundraising challenge for big moose and knowing that you know if i can hit the target by the end of december that i've set that you know 37 people will go through a course of their therapy and it's and it's no bar no barrier entry. Um, and
0: what is the target,
5: Bill? Fifteen thousand pounds, which is huge, you know. And I know it's going to be more than the marathon. I'm already looking at other yeah. things that we- so get donated. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why I'm looking into the mic. No, <laughs> <laughs> look
2: at the mic. Get Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I the link will pop up. Yes, <laughs> that's what they do on yeah, podcasts. But we, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but we yeah, but we we will. Put the big boost uh, link oh, yeah, in, oh, yeah, in, in, in into stuff as well yeah, to try yeah, yeah. And, and help that along because as you said, it, it really is life life saving work. Yeah. It's not just life changing, it's life saving. Um, which you know, which I, I it is incredible. And and I'm and I'm sure that you'll you'll go off there, didn't you? On, on live you did. Like, We need your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah, yeah, yeah. It did yeah. it did
5: work it did. The question
3: yeah. is who's gonna have the fastest marathon time will if
2: he keeps moving. I thing is I got pulled over by Anthony Josh where he wanted a photo with me. This is this is true. So we'll get the photo We'll get the photo up.
3: We'll drop the photo in.
2: So yeah, he took up a lot of my time but I had I had got
0: I had got married on the Saturday on the first of October and, and the marathon was on the Sunday, the second. So you stayed until about five, six o'clock and then you And the you,
2: three course meal. And then yeah, the <laughs> yeah. 3 yeah. course, course meal. And they just to the, and just I'll give it a And
0: then and then went. And I remember the day after the wedding, you know, when I'm I'm sat there going through wedding cards and eating copious amounts of cake, uh, that's left over, um and buffet food and all the rest of it. And in our WhatsApp group everyone is keeping up to date with how he's getting off. And your dad was on Twitter because he only ever used Twitter for football and to retweet things about you playing um, but he, he was doing it like this live comment like this live commentary of the London Marathon um, and I'd remember just you 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 finish finishing and everyone texts, oh well done brilliant 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 and the first thing that he replies is just a, a selfie of him and Anthony Joshua <laughs> and I was like, that is the most Matthew Harris thing ever. I suppose my next question is 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 going to come your way, actually. Um, and it's about coping with being let go. And I know that it's something that you feel quite strongly about, in that there's not enough support for footballers and sports people in general who are put in academies and who are put in well-known teams and they are kind of protected almost in a bubble and then all of a sudden someone bursts that bubble and say right you you know you you, you, you aren't you aren't up here anymore you go in black down how, 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 how does how does that happen for starters how, how how do you even begin I suppose to
4: to start processing? that change change it is massive and i think whether you get released at a young age from like an academy or a young pro or on the other end of the spectrum an experienced guy who's so used to five or six days of his life turning up to a changing room full of blokes having a banter whatever else to then go to nothing and you don't know what people's support networks are like mm. So, like, we're obviously lucky. Like, we've all spoke about it tonight. We've got amazing girlfriends, wives, you know, families. My mother's amazing. I've got a wicked, all my family's amazing, you know. Support network. But for people that haven't, going from full-time football to what am I doing tomorrow? Big change. Big change, massive change. And I was like, at one point, I was kind of like, I don't even know if I want to play anymore. And like, how sad is that for like a 19-year-old, like you know, still boy really, to say, I've loved this game since I was a kid. Like I've always had a football on my feet. Yeah. You know, broke my leg trying to jump on a football. Watching an advert of Ronaldinho, which we were last night. <laughs> like, how did you go from enjoying the game so much and doing it every day as a job to having nothing and not just yeah, not knowing your where you're going next? You don't even want to play again. You've got you got no no job, limited qualifications because you've gone to school. Three times a week, you play football, the other two. All right, you've still got to take your schoolwork to you know, your Cardiff City or Swansea City or Newport, wherever you are, in South Wales, anywhere, wherever you are, whatever club you're at. Um, You go to school three days a week. You finish school, you do a schoolboy or an apprenticeship or whatever, scholarship, where you do one day of education, so you're not getting, you're getting a a BTEC level three in sport, which is great, you got your qualification, but it may not be something later on in life, you turn out to even use. like I I work on a chemical plant now. I, I, I would never use that qualification ever again, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just think there's no real like support outside of full-time football for people who do struggle. Um, and you see a lot of stories now about guys, that, we just said earlier on that winning feeling. You can't describe to someone that doesn't play football what it feels like mm-hmm. to win. Mm-hmm. That adrenaline rush you get, that buzz you get. Yeah. So it, it, I can't imagine if if you were a pro for 20 years, and you go to nothing, because you're not getting that same buzz out of you know going shopping to Ikea on a Saturday or wherever you may do. And I don't think there's enough support around here to see these people when they come out the game. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And you it's see people in. Them when it, up. Yeah, literally, like like even if it's like an event where you get together or yeah. you know you meet up with ex-pros or people who have come out the game yeah. once every so often. I think something like that would be great or better education around making sure your education is looked after, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was lucky later my grand... Yeah, literally. Or later, later that, my, my grandparents and my, and my parents were always like, no, you do your schoolwork. Yeah. Whereas other people were like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a pro footballer. Yeah. Yeah. And the likelihood of that happening is slim to none, like, you know, and the sooner you understand that, the better. And you, you can't really give up a dream, obviously, mm-hmm. but is having something to fall back on. How can it
1: happen? How can you go through, like, doing that sort of... I'm going to be a professional footballer as a job, and then all of a sudden, that balloon's popped. How, how does that kind of happen? It's, it's,
4: there's so many layers to football, isn't it? right? And it's like your performance on the pitch being one of them. But then there's circumstances outside of that. It's like politics in football. Right. There's different managers that come in, different ways of playing you might be one man just cup of tea, you might not be the next man just cup of tea. Right, okay. They might sign someone who's a more experienced player than you and they want him to come in. Right. If you're an older guy, it might be the opposite way round. They've signed this young lad who's coming in and, and he's playing now because we're going to get five years out of him. You've got five months left or whatever. Right, and in you. the lower leagues, you're always sort of playing for a year or two-year deals, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing's ever really that secure. Okay. So in you the conference the next sort of thing yeah. and you know you say now you do your ACL right you've obviously done that it's 18 months a year 18 months is it like if you're on a two year deal you're not playing football you're playing football for six months like how can you make an impression in yeah. six months at yeah. yeah. a yeah, full time football club been there, for the two been there for the two years, years yeah. fully yeah, you know and you come out of that and it's kind of like where on earth am I going now yeah. as a 19 year old boy
1: yeah,
4: yeah. I, you feel I'm lost nice in the middle of uh, feel lost yeah and you turn up to, I was lucky really, my my first men's club was obviously in Newport County or wherever, but I was involved the first thing there, but then my first men's club was with Paul, and it was a good group of lads that were there. Mm. But you do turn up with this sort of like bravado of like, oh, I've, I've been a pro footballer, not realising that probably 75% of the team have as well. Yeah. You know, and you think, oh, I'm just going to turn up and stroll it at this level. like. yeah. yeah. And the reality is you really don't like you really
1: don't there there's need some more support out there for yeah. to, you know like a safety net of right back in the real world now and yeah. and
3: even if there was something in like colleges or something for
1: you know they yeah. set something up in colleges
3: or you know everywhere you know well, i think
0: we've all, you know we've all been even 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 the non players <laughs> um, if we're on the table of being there where you've you've been at a game and maybe it's a welsh league game or even a a, a, a kind of a pub league uh, game and you see a boy who is obviously head and shoulders above everyone else and then it comes to light or oh, they used to play for cardiff or they used to play for newport and you think well how were they how were they you then and they're getting kicked the shit out of on awful pitches against men who are smoking twenty fags and having you know five cans before they go on the pitch, yeah. um, and it, it you know you kind of you see that fall from grace. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, as you said, you know you you know you. You don't hear about how, how, how they're handling it. No. You you just think, oh, well, they're still playing. They're still turning up on Saturday. But you don't think, yeah, but imagine how, how that's made them feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, you obviously played for Swansea for years with the academy. And then you got let go. All right, you were a little bit older. But you went from kind of the, I suppose, the prestige of Swansea... To then get in.
2: The reality you know, of
0: football,
3: and I got released
2: at 16, today. and we've all got very similar stories. And you speak to probably ninety-nine percent of footballers, they've all got very similar <coughs> stories. Yeah. I played against Bournemouth on Sat on Sunday for Swansea, and the following Saturday I'm playing against Pentrabar, Country Irish Park.
4: <laughs> for
2: yep. a Mirth League Club, the Western. Yep. In that week I've got released. In that week was the same motion that Angel said that I lost the point. Yeah. I felt yeah. like I deserved the a contract. I didn't get it. People are out to get me. It's all politics. Yeah. There's, there's all these different reasons the why you reasons. start, You why you would think, ah, my face don't fit. There's not.
4: Funding, Whatever profits. it might be. And
2: my uncle Joey just said, "Well, just come and have a kickabout with the boys. Right. And that is literally in its simplest form what it was. It was Mercer League football. So you go and play on yeah. these carpets at Bournemouth on one Saturday afternoon and, Literally, fast forward seven days, pitch. you're playing on a pitch with boys called Fishy and Mackay, do you yeah. know what I mean? And 40-year-old <laughs> blokes who meet... Smoking as they walk in Kick-off at two, and yeah. everyone just says, make sure you're on the pitch at 10 to 2 yeah. in time for kick-off, yeah. where you're so used to... Mitch and, mix and match. To like, works. hour yeah. and a half
3: before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So...
4: Yeah. And look,
2: I I, I... I say fortunate. I always had... My friendship circle, my family circle, was always very quick to bring me back back down to real world really as we keep referring to so I never ever yeah I was devastated I never got it but I also was then lucky that no no the right thing for me now is a levels at school and then right I want to go into university so I was switched on in that sense and always had that behind me of no no make sure school works done Mm. it may not happen I had that which I'm very fortunate for like I only speak I won't drop names but there's boys downstairs who've a year ago they are in the Carabao Cup playing professional football matches mm. and last night they are going to wait to Chesham, sat six hours ten hours on a the bus mm-hmm. they got to get up tomorrow get on site <coughs> it, it's like whack whack Big slap, of like well, what oh. yeah. and you know they're good enough boys and they switched on enough that you know they'll find their way and they'll be fine mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll speak over the year that, not that I've ever said it to them but they can lean on boys who've Gone through something similar, and we yeah. come out the other side. Yeah. That they can come to us and speak to us, like yeah. you know. But yeah. it's a mad, mad industry, and I'm sure well, it? it's I ridiculous. And not it just, it's insane. Fo- you don't
3: see the behind the scenes part. You, don't you just see you see you see the glory part of it and the pictures, and that's it. You don't see the actual um, yeah, yeah closed And closed even process.
2: at even at mirtha's level, like there's no like contracts and stuff. So, yeah, you might get a few that might get on contracts. The youngsters or maybe the club might say there's a potential pro club looking at him. We can make some money because ultimately it's a business and we get yeah. all that. But I look at myself. I'm 34, 35, 34, 35, <laughs> definitely 35, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not on a contract. So if I was to like injure myself on Saturday,
3: You're
2: on t- don't get a penny, Nothing. So I'm not saying that's a criticism, on the, but that's the reality of non league football. Yeah, that's yeah, across, yeah. that's a blanket across non league football. So that is the harsh reality. So you've got lads that, you know, we, we can't speak fairy tale Disney World like your man cities of this world, mm-hmm. you know, on two, three hundred grand a week. Even the boys currently playing mm-hmm. in League One, League Two football, when their time is up in 10, 15 years, They'll yeah. have to go into a line of work yeah, because yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they learn nice money, <coughs> but it'll never be enough That's to see nice. them through. No, They'll have it. to adjust somehow, or find yeah. what we call a real job.
4: Like yeah. you know, it is it is as well being able to adjust, like you just said, after, like well, say you go in at eighteen, very lucky, 36 18 years, career, mm. yeah. being in a male environment, having that thing, and I think the stigma from around the game now is sort of going. Mm. It really is. Yeah. But if you've been aligned with that and you're a bit more old school as well, and there was that stigma around not talking or not having, you say or you know, not being able to come up front with people because I think it is going as uh, you know as we're moving on it really is and like we said we're lucky. It must be so tough. I and mean, you mm-hmm. see these guys end turn into all sorts of stuff like you know after football, yeah,
3: yeah. And
4: all yeah. you can see him for the is is a footballer. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't see him as like you said earlier on the father, the the yeah. brother, the son, yeah. You know. Whatever you are. I
0: suppose then um if you could give and I'm looking at you, but I'm gonna start with you.
3: Yeah. thought it all end
0: Um to give you a bit of time to think. Um what would your one bit of advice be to a new player? <laughs> That was coming into you addressing. Them. If you were to try and give them some sort of advice, whether it was around mental health or around how to carry themselves or, or whatever, or
4: the food, you know,
0: what would that bit of advice be?
4: One bit of advice. As cliche as it sounds, just enjoy the ride, like, because you never get these years back, like, yeah. and I'll keep it short and sweet, but. My stepfather played rugby at a pretty decent level and had to finish early for external circumstances. He's in his late 50s now and he would love nothing more than to put a kit on and run out in a rugby field and get absolutely trampled all over for 80 minutes again. So, yeah, enjoy the ride and just be respectful to people and, and respect yourself, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I'd just say just be a
5: decent bloke. To your point, I'd ro- much rather be remembered as a as a decent bloke and a shitkeeper than a classkeeper, but an absolute arse. Yeah. So just be a decent human being. And probably I was just going to say, just be yourself. Unless
2: just you're an arsehole. <laughs> and, yeah. Unless you're an arsehole. <laughs> well, I mean, that is key. No, that but I I don't think everyone's an arse. I think a lot Cause of. Because if you whole... are an arsehole, there's no place for you yeah. <laughs> in this changing room or any changing room. I just think, like, you would have, you know the. Billy big bollocks big timers is the term thrown around in football yeah. if the culture and the environment is right even if the biggest of big times come into our dressing room it wouldn't last yeah. Yeah. Mm. not saying I'm this boy and rip them shreds but just the type of people that we are in there just wouldn't put up with it and they would soon start flash they would come in with the big Louis Vuittons they soon start walking in with an Asda wash bag in three weeks because they think this isn't impressing anyone. Yeah. No, it's right, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And just be you. I, o- I just think the bravados, the people come in, the egos, just leave them at the door, baby.
1: Yeah.
2: You you might have a glowing CV. I'm not impressed. Well done to you, but you're with us now, mate. Yeah. You're one of us. So just be yourself and like you said, just, just, just try and be a good bloke. That's... that's Oh, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Or however you identify. Yeah, Yeah, just be a good person. Just carry yourself properly, especially at Merthyr. I'd like to think as a group and as a club, we try to carry ourselves properly, whether we're at home or away. I think the boys are very respectful of dressing rooms, food after matches, the way we are downstairs. I, I just think... You
3: know.
2: that yeah Denmark. and I think look are we going to win the league we're going to give it a good go are we going to win the Champions League no we're not in it <laughs> but for what we are I think we're a good group yeah. we're a likeable group and we're a group that fans and non-footballing supporters can um, get behind and mm. we're just normal <laughs> decent blokes whether you're the 16 year old Will who helps with you now the one of the youngsters or you're the old bloke, 35 like me. I, I just think everyone in that dressing room is just a good guy, so just be yourself.
0: Nicely put, <laughs> Nicely put. Um, yeah, I just want to say again, thank you very much, boys, um, for for yeah. joining us.
1: It has it's been so a pleasure,
0: um, and, well, and, and and we really appreciate well your, your openness and your honesty as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure that it'll 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 touch a, a lot of people. Um to see that you are, as you said, you're just normal people behind the 90 minutes on a match day when people can pay 12 pound on the gate um to come and call you all sorts oh, do. Um, and they most definitely do um that you are all all, all all humans and you've got your stories. we do appreciate it. um again like to thank uh, for Tom and uh, the PT room for sponsoring this episode. Uh, our next guest is Liam Reiden. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's,
0: you're not really, oh, unless you sorry. want to. be In which case, text him. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, just want to say uh, if you could like give us a subscribe on YouTube, uh, follow our Instagram and our Facebook channels as well. Um, it, it means it, it goes a lot a long way uh, for for you to be following us. Um, and yeah. Uh, Keep that the as See you on the next one. See you Like up. and subscribe. See you, on. Yeah,
4: so, see you after. Bye bye.